welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. So let's just look in the scriptures here. Go to Mark chapter 11. And as you're turning there, I'm going to pray one more prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we're asking that as we move forward into your word right now, that the spirit of God would take us to the places we need to go in your word. Raise us up, Lord, above doubts and schemes of the enemy that we didn't even know were messing with us. Show us things by the Holy Ghost. Expose lies that we thought were not lies. Show us things that will help us to live in victory. Show us things that will help us to be a greater blessing. Father, we want everything you have for us. And we believe that as we intimately fellowship with you this next few moments by your word and by your spirit, we will get things that will make all the difference in our lives. We thank you for answering questions bringing solutions to problems, directions, corrections, anything we need. Thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So Mark chapter 11 and verse 22. Mark chapter 11. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Can we all say that together? Have faith in God. Say it again. Have faith in God. All right. Now turn to 1 John 4. You can all remember that, right? Have faith in God. And now in 1 John chapter 4, in verse 16, keep in mind what we just read. Have faith in God. Verse 16 says, I'm sorry, did I say 1 John 416, right? So 1 John 4, 16, the Bible says, and we Christians have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And who, he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. So say these two phrases with me. Have faith in God. God is love. Have faith in God. God is love. This is what the Lord prompted me about a month ago to start sharing in the church because a lot of his people aren't making it through the battles of life the way he wants them to make it through. A lot of people aren't seeing the victory that the word of God promises. And this is something the Lord put in my heart to try to with, with his help to get in your heart and in your life so that next time these challenges come to you, you see more progress in the area of victory and deliverance and healing success. Because when we're talking about having faith in God, there's God's nothing so much as he is love. I mean, he's a lot of, he, he has a lot of things. He's got power. He's got wisdom. But he is nothing so much as he is love. So how about we just call it faith in love? That will save your life. When that becomes real to you, 
and you really know what that is, that will save your life. You know, when the storms of life come, it's so important to have certain things in you already. I don't know if you realize or not, but a lot of times first responses are the reason for crashes and destructions. They didn't, people didn't know what to do when the crisis came. They didn't know where to turn. They didn't know what to believe. They didn't know how to talk. They didn't know what to rebuke. They, they didn't know. And so this crisis comes and because of lack of knowledge, they don't make it or they don't make it as good as they could have made it. And one of the most powerful things I've learned in 34 years is that it doesn't get any stronger. It doesn't get any more powerful. It doesn't get any more victorious than faith in love. In other words, the more you develop in trusting in the love of God to help you, the less in life you'll have, the less worry you'll have in your life. Anything that I can say that helped take worry out of people's life, I feel like I've done something really powerful. Worry is a killer because it's a road away from the things that God has for your life. A lot of people they think, well, why isn't God coming through for me? And they're not realizing they got on a worry road instead of staying on the faith road and they actually got away from the blessing but they're interpreting it as, well, the Lord, I guess, doesn't want to answer my prayer. Maybe you're on the wrong road, right? The way of peace they have not known. The way that you need to be walking and living a certain way, especially on the inside, in order for these blessings to become real to you and receptive in your life. So I want to talk about a little bit more because I think we're going to finalize some things today about having faith in the love of God, especially when you're in trouble, I mean, I think it's a good idea to be in practice having faith in the love of God before the trouble comes. So, so important. People not making it is not God letting them down. Right? Love doesn't let us down. Love won't let you down. But because you have a free will, you can face any direction you want. You can listen to whoever you want. We... We were watching Brother Copeland again at the Southwest Believers Convention, and he said something that was really strong because, I mean, you, you have to hear this in context. But, he, you know, we, we've answered the question. People think, well, what's the, what, what's the answer to the million-dollar question, Pastor? Why do bad things happen to really good people? Why do bad things happen to good people? And I, I've taught whole sermons on this and, and almost a whole series on this at times. And Brother Copeland said this, and it's similar to what we've said in our teachings, but it was so simple. He said... Bad things happen to good people because good people can make bad decisions. <laughs> they have a free will. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you automatically make perfect decisions. Right? Your, will, your will needs a lot of help even after you're a believer. The Bible talks about getting to a place where you have power over your own will. That, my friend, is a big landmark in your life. When you actually learn to have power over what you want over what you desire, right? That's, that's a huge step. And so he said, he answered, he said, well, why do bad things happen to good people? Well, one reason because, why do bad things happen to good people? Because good people can make bad decisions. 
And a lot of times if we'll analyze our life, we'll see some not so good decisions as to why we have maybe not such a good life right now. Thank you. (laughs) I'll keep preaching. I'm not going to (laughs) quit. So let's let's just talk about this now. Faith in love. Here's something. I'm going to read you some things I've already said to you, but I felt like the Lord said just read these things today, kind of do a summation of what we've been hearing. And, and we're believing by the time this service is over, you're going to respond different next time a problem comes your way. I mean, let's face it. If we go to church and hear these great sermons, but we don't respond different under pressure, then maybe we haven't been getting everything out of the word that we need to get out of the word. Let me tell you one real, real, real powerful thing you can and should do after church. How many know church is not a fix-all? It's a great thing. I mean, there's powerful things that can happen. But even if you do get something good in the church service, you could lose it on Wednesday. Right? We've been talking about that on Wednesday night. <laughs> right? So or so is the word. The word of God gets into the people. They receive it with joy. They're excited until temptation comes. And then they fall away and they don't believe anymore. But let me tell you a couple things here. You're going to get some things today from the Lord, from the Word. And you're going to hear some things today that might excite you. And you might go, wow, that's cool. But if you don't do anything else with what you've heard, it'll most probably slip away from your life. It won't get engrafted. It won't get in your blood, so to speak. And you won't respond much different than you've been responding when you're hit with something in life. Okay, first perfect example. Paul's telling Timothy, right, a young minister. He's preaching to Timothy. He's teaching him. He's sharing with him. And he says, Timothy, what he basically said was, a husband must be first partaker of the fruits. Uh, Consider what I say, and the Lord will give you understanding. So he was teaching him something, but he said, listen, if you really want to get understanding of this, you can't just hear me say it. When you're gone, and I'm gone, you need to consider what I said to you. And then the Lord will give you understanding. Consider what I say, and the Lord will give you understanding. It's that considering part that needs to take place in our lives if we really want the full power of God's word to work for us. You know, actually get the divine healing in your body. You know, actually go to that level of success. Actually walk in divine protection. See your kids want to love God, serve God. You have to consider on Monday what you heard on Sunday. And then the Lord will give you more understanding, and it'll start to get in your blood. I think the perfect example of that is when Jesus was teaching all the multitudes one day about the sower sows the word. So he, he, he shares this word with them and they're like, meeting's over. Huh? What was that all about? Did you ever think about going to the Lord and talking to him about what it was all about? And so here's what it said. It said, They came to him privately. Anybody go to the Lord privately with questions? They came to him privately and asked him, Lord, what does this teaching mean? I mean, really deeply. I mean, we heard you talking about sowers, sowing words, seeds falling on rocks, seeds falling on the wayside, seeds. We've heard all that. We understand that, but we're not getting something here. What does this mean? 
And hear what the Lord said. He said to his disciples who came to him privately after the church service was over, he said to you guys, you guys coming to me after the church service is over, to you it's given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to those that are without or that don't come to me after the service, it's all parables. Doesn't really sink in. Oh, that was a cool story. But did it change your body? Oh, that was a cool story. Did it, did it, did it get your kid healed? Oh, that was a cool story. Did it help your business? Or was it just a parable? You know, we went to a movie. It was great. Felt good. Let's go home. We're not supposed to treat the word of God or the things of God like a movie theater. All right. So <clears throat> if you want to get, if, if you want things to not be a mystery to you, you're going to have to go talk to the Lord about these things yourself and he'll begin to reveal things to you that you maybe didn't even get in the service because you went back to him about what you got in the service. So I encourage you to do that. Our, our, a lot of these sermons just go to waste and we don't want that to happen. All right. So here's what we want to talk about. Faith in love. The devil is constantly trying to tell you and me that God doesn't love us enough to heal us. God doesn't love us enough to give us the miracle. God doesn't love us enough to give us the victory we don't deserve. But he does love you enough to give you the victory you don't deserve. We have to learn to believe we have to learn to receive things we don't deserve because that's how the whole system works. If it's by works, goodbye grace. If it's by effort on our part in this area of earning or working, then goodbye to grace and faith because the only way you can receive from the Lord is by grace through faith. Living right will help you not be so condemned. It'll help you be able to receive more from the Lord, but it doesn't mean that's when you get everything together, that's when God wants to bless you. He wants to bless you yesterday. <laughs> okay. So God is going to help you because he's your father, not because you're perfect. Get this clear in your brain. God's going to help you because he's your father, not because you're perfect. Oh, that's so good. He's going to help you because he loves you. Um, Carla, would you just come up here for a minute? I want her to share some. I was teaching on some of these things. You know, if you're a parent here or a grandparent and say you have great, great grandma, grandma's uh, vase or something that's really uh, sentimental to you, maybe even worth a lot of money, and you have it sitting somewhere in your house and you constantly are telling your kids, don't be running around that table, that vase might fall down or, you know, stay away. Don't be running around that. Don't be running around that. And then all of a sudden, one day you hear crash, bang, boom, you hear glass shattering. Grandma, great grandma's vase is shattered. When you go in that room, I guarantee you as a parent, 
The first thing you do is not going to be go over there, kick your kids, smack them around and say, I told you not to run around and break. You might break great grandma's vase. The first thing a loving parent is going to do is ignore the broken glass, ignore the, the vase. You're going to go to your child. You're going to pick them up. You're going to say, you're okay. You're okay. Let me check you out. You're going to get them all healed up. If they got cuts all over them, you're going to clean the cuts up. You're going to take care of your child because you love them. Amen, parents? That's what your first concern is. Now, after you get them all cleaned up, get the Band-Aids on, clean up the mess, right? You may say, now I told you not to run around that vase, right? But the first thing any loving parent is going to do is going to make sure the kid is okay. And that's the way our Father God is. When you mess up, he's not going to come and kick you and kick you when you're down and put cancer on you and put sickness and disease on you and say, see, I told you to, to not do that. I told you not to do that. No, he's going to get you all healed up. He's going to pick you up, brush you off and say, you're okay. You're okay. He's going to wipe away your tears. You're okay. You're okay. Then he may say, okay, now about that thing I told you not to do. You need to not do that again. Amen? So that's it. Yep. So I don't, I don't know if people realize how life-saving this is. What you believe when crisis of life comes determine where, what direction you're going to go. And if you know God loves you, you're not going to worry. I actually wrote something down. I, I wrote this down in um, pencil on my previous notes uh, a couple weeks ago. And I kind of wondered if I should share this or not. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and share it with you here if I can find it. Let's see. I may not be able to find it here. I might not have written it down again. Basically... Um, I was thinking about the whole COVID thing. You know, coronavirus. <laughs> and I was thinking, all right, it, it's, it's, it's a bad thing. But fear of it makes it way worse. I mean, coronavirus, there's something there, right? We're, we're, not, we're not saying not, there's nothing there. There's something there. We understand that. But fear of it makes it way worse. Whether it's possibility of contracting it, it being worse if you did, how long it stays. And so we realize if we can get people out of fear, they're going to be all right. And I, I got to thinking about it. I thought, okay, so let's just analyze ourselves. What is fear of coronavirus? What is worry about getting, what is that other than Doubting God's love to keep you protected from it. What is fear of COVID? Nothing but doubting the love of God to keep you protected from it or healed of it. Well, the devil's constantly trying to get us to doubt the love of God because he hates God. I mean, he don't like you either, but he really hates God. Because God kicked him out, you know, after his rebellion. And when you analyze your life, you say, okay, why am I afraid of this? Could it be because you need to know a little bit more about how much God loves you? 
And that would push that fear out. That would push. See, fear has torment. God doesn't want us tormented with anything, church. And fear has torment. And this is something the Lord wants you delivered from. Actually, I told you last week, I read it off my cell phone, that one of the things the Lord wants to do for you through these messages and me is to get us out of this worry zone just because we hear more, hear more bad news. Hearing bad news should not produce worry in us if we understand the love of God. You know, it's absolutely ridiculous to think God might teach us something with sickness when you know how much he loves you. I didn't say you can't learn through sickness, but don't say God sent it to teach you. If that's when people decide to learn, that's their choice, but don't call that God's way of teaching. Call it your way of learning. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous to think that God would send a destructive storm when you realize how much he loves you. Well, where did it come from then? Uh, newsflash. There is a devil. There are demons. Man's made some pretty terrible choices, right? How many know this whole world is messed up because Satan and sin entered this world? And it's not 100% kicked out yet, so you and I are going to still have to deal with it a little bit. Amen. So, so God's not going to help us because we're perfect. He's going to help us because he's a good father. Develop your faith in this side of life. Quit thinking you always have to be better to get more. Quit thinking you always have to get your life cleaned up before he can help you. That's called you believing something that's not good against yourself and is hurting you. Here's a statement you, you need to think about this. I'm going to say it slowly. I've said these things really fast in the past and I don't think we've, they've stuck. Many people go down in life after they commit sins, after they make mistakes. Many people go down in life, you know, never reach their goals, never fulfill the will of God for their life. They go down in life because they believe they have to, not because they have to. And their faith takes them somewhere God didn't want them to go. They use their God-given ability to believe something that God didn't want for them. But because they have that power, they can go that direction. Let me say it again. Many people go down in life, especially after mistakes and sins. They go down, not because God wants them to go down. Not because they have to go down, but because they believe they have to. And according to their faith, they go down. How about we don't believe we have to go down just because we deserve to go down? I mean, is that what heaven and hell is all about? You know why I'm going to heaven? Because I believe Jesus is the way and the truth and life and the only one, only way to the Father. That's why I'm going to heaven because I believe in Jesus. Well, we need to carry that over into the area of healing, strength, wisdom, protection. I'm not going to heaven because I'm perfect or I've been perfect. I'm going to heaven because I believe in Jesus. Same thing in the area of healing, deliverance. We're getting victory in our life because we believe in him. Actually, the greatest thing we should be focused on is growing more in faith in God as opposed to being technically perfect in everything. I mean, if you only have, if you only have so much time to either get 100% technically perfect or believe more in the love of God, I'm going to say focus on believing more in the love of God. I mean, if that'll get you to heaven, that'll get you wherever, right? Technically perfect doesn't get us to heaven. Why do we think technically, being technically perfect is going to get us any other good thing from the Lord? Can I get a witness, church? Satan wants you thinking God doesn't love you, especially when you blow it. 
Now, Carl and I learned this a long time ago, that our children, you know, those cute little things, <laughs> those cute little kids, just so cute, just love, they're oh, so cute, their little chipmunk cheeks, and they grow up, and their, their little smile, and their innocence, those cute little kids, they need our love when they're not cute. Can I put it this way? They need our love, especially when they don't deserve it. I said, children need your love, especially when they're not being very loving at the time. Or, right? When they don't deserve it. This is what love is all about. I mean, it's easy to love people that love you. Heathen do that. What's a heathen? It's a non-Christian, a sinner. Heathen can do that. It takes a little bit of maturity to give a waitress a bigger tip because she messed up than if she did really good. Well, I'm not going to leave no tip here, man. The food was terrible. The waitress or the waiter was mean. And I'm not going to leave them a big tip. How, how would it be if God treated you like that? Well, he messed up. He don't get no more blessings. I'm not even sure I'm going to let him into heaven. Just scratch his name off the books. How many glad the Lord loves you, especially when you don't deserve it? <laughs> so, so brother, I, I put at the very last, the very last line of my notes to this series, because it's like page after page after page, the very last line about knowing how much God loves us and trusting so much in the love of God. I put up the last night and I said, now let's treat others like he treats us. Because really, if it just stops with us getting blessed, whoop de doo how about we just get a revelation of how much he loves us, receive the love, receive the healing, receive the protection, receive the prosperity, receive the forgiveness, receive the mercy, receive the grace, and then be that way to other people. <laughs> I mean, I think it'd be a good idea to not let it stop with us. I could never understand how somebody, and I mean it, I mean from the day I was born again, I could never understand why somebody would be so hard on somebody else for their mistakes, but they want God to be so merciful toward them and their mistakes. It takes blindness to act like that. It just takes blindness. Because yeah, I don't think people are necessarily bad. I just think they're unenlightened, too worldly minded, too many movies operating the way the world operates. You hit me, I hit you, right? I mean, could, could, how could somebody be coming down and somebody says, well, I've never done what they did. In heart, you have. Jesus was bigger on the heart messing up than the body messing up. Well, I've never committed adultery. Hmm, I wonder. Maybe not physically, but Jesus said, if you even look at another person to lust after them, you've committed adultery already with them in your heart. Why are we judging all these other people for physical sins when maybe we've done the spiritual ones that are even heavier? You know what the Bible says? The Bible says, if you offend in one point of the law, you're guilty of violating all the law. So even if you didn't do it, you did do it. If you violated one point, you're guilty of all of it. I'll tell you, Facebook has some damning qualities. It gives people an opportunity to sin galore with their mouth, with their mind, with their heart. You know, 
people have got to realize that just because you're at home by yourself saying something on Facebook doesn't mean God doesn't see it. <laughs> I mean, you need to ask yourself every time you're involved with anything on social media, oh, I'm going to do this and click it before God can see it. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. It's kind of like home. You know, it's like people think, well, I'll be right in church, but when I get home, I just, you know, <laughs> oh, like God's not in your house. <laughs> I've had people, I've had people, you know, eat lunch with me or, or, or deal with me in business outside the church and they'll say a cuss word, you know, a cuss word will slip out. And like, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot you're a pastor. I, said, I was like, uh, newsflash, God hears you, hears you when I'm not around. <laughs> you should be more concerned about what he's hearing than what I'm hearing. It's like, oh, you mean God's only around when you're around? No, he's around 24-7, right? Like the guy that was trying to run away from God, you know, and just said, I'm going to run away from God. And he finds this exotic island somewhere in the South Pacific, a really secluded place. Nobody can ever find him. Gets under a palm tree and thinks, I'm here. And God goes, hey, I see you there. <laughs> I see you. It's like you. The Bible says if you make your bed in hell, he's, he sees you there. You can't run away from the Lord. Well, anyway, we can't. Well, let me put it this way. We can expect God to help us because he's just good. Not because we've always been good. The greatest hindrance to people receiving help from the Lord in the area of prayer or whatever is, is, is a sense of unworthiness or a sense of lack of faith. And it's so subtle they don't even realize they have it. They don't even realize it's a block in them from receiving from the Lord. We grew up with a sense of unworthiness. We grew up with a sense of condemnation. It's the norm for the world. I mean, to actually step out of condemnation into righteousness consciousness, that will change your life. Amen. To realize I'm right with God by birth, not by works. Do you ever wonder why the Bible says, wake up to righteousness and sin not? And it doesn't say work up to righteousness. This is something you wake up to, not work up to. I... I when you realize you're the righteousness of God in Christ and it's a free gift, you'll be as bold as a lion. You, 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 you'll, you'll act like the son of God himself. Amen. Ever, I wonder why Jesus is so bold and confident. Because <laughs> he knew he was the son of God. Righteous. When you know you're righteous and the son of God and daughter of God, you'll act like him. All this sin consciousness will be gone. You won't be afraid to deal with demon-possessed people. You know, when you pray, you get answers. So, we can expect help from God because he's good, not because we've always been good. So let me just read you a couple more things here. We can't earn what we need, and if we try, we'll never get it. At least by faith. And Romans talks about that. God justifying the ungodly. Now, say this, love, love will help me. Will help me. Is that hard to say? Love will help me. Say this, love will help me, love will help me. even when I don't deserve it. That will save your life. I said that will save your life right there. If you develop in that, that will save your life. Faith in love is what, church? 
Faith in God, right? Faith in love is how we can receive help from God when we were the cause of the problem. How can I receive help from God when I cause this problem? Faith in love. Well, pastor, it sounds like you're saying we can just live any way we want and get help all the time. <laughs> yeah, I am. You can. But if you don't want to damage your faith, you're going to need to start walking in the light and not just taking advantage. The Lord knows when you're taking advantage of what he's done and when you really need his help. So faith and love is how we can receive help from God when we were the cause of the problem. I don't know about you, but I'm very thankful he will still help me even if I cause the problem. Right? He sent his word to heal you and to deliver you from your destructions. That's the ones you caused. Um, it's, it's important to have faith and love before the next crisis comes. It's kind of hard to get in faith real quick when you need faith now, but it's going to take you three days to get it, you know, to get into it. And so these things need to be really strong in us right now. Faith and love. Faith and love. How do you know you're going to make it? Faith and love. Devil says you're going down. You say, shut up, devil. God loves me. <laughs> That's as powerful as it gets. Devil says, you're never going to make it. That healing's never going to manifest. You're never going to reach that level of success. What do you say? Shut up, devil. God loves me. Amen. Y'all remember Romans 8, 37, right? We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. How are you more than a conqueror? How are you going to overcome cancer? How are you going to overcome disease, fear? How are you going to overcome? How are you going to overcome? You're going to overcome because you believe he loves you that much to help you overcome. We're more than conquerors through our study of the scriptures. We're more than conquerors through our perfect church attendance. We're more than conquerors because we're not mean to people. We're more than conquerors because we go to nursing homes all the time and help older people. We're more than, no, we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. Come on, you have to watch out about thinking now that you've been living right for three weeks, it's going to be easier to get healing from God. You're just starting to get away from healing now. So you got to separate performance from simply receiving what your father wants to bless you with. You, you, you got to separate performance from the promises. Now, you want rewards later? Yeah, work hard, get, get rewards. But when it comes to the father taking care of you in grand style, believe in his love more and you'll see more of his love in your life. Love won't let us down. It's a great and life changing day. When I get my act together. No, it's a great and life changing day when you believe more in the love of God for you. That will help you get your act together. Oh, if I could just be more good, I'd see more blessings. No, receive more blessings and you'll be more good. I'm not saying it's automatic. I'm not, I'm not a dumb preacher. But the effort of believing in the love of God will change you from the inside out. Everybody say, believe more. Believe and you'll see more. Anybody want to see more of the love of God in your life? In the area of divine protection. 
In the area of divine healing. In the area of prosperity. In the area of strength and peace and wisdom. Anyone want to see more? How do you see more of God's love in your life in those areas? You believe more in the love of God in your life in those areas. All right. Psalm 91. And it says, it says, um, God says, I will be with you in trouble. And there's people that believe he loves them enough to be with them in trouble. What do they see? Come on, church, tell me. What do they see? They see him with them in trouble. And that's a real good thing. But the next part of that verse says, he will deliver you from the trouble. What if you went from believing he's with me in trouble to he will actually deliver me from this trouble? If you believe the Lord loves you enough to deliver you from the trouble, then according to Jesus, you will see deliverance from the trouble, not just sensing his presence while you're in trouble going down. Did you hear that? You believe he loves you enough to be with you in trouble? Jesus says that's what you'll see. If you believe, you'll see the glory of God. If you believe, you'll see. Well, if you believe he loves you enough to be with you in trouble, you're going to see that. But what if you believe he loves you enough to deliver you from the trouble? According to Jesus, you'll see that. I have to wrap it up here. Now, in closing, go to one more scripture and turn to James chapter 5. La da da. Um, faith in love means we don't worry about past sins and mistakes keeping us from the good things of God. Now, you will have a hard time receiving from the Lord if you keep living in sin and you know better, obviously. But that doesn't change the fact that God wants you blessed. That doesn't change the fact that he's provided healing for you. But it will start to mess with your ability to receive. Do you understand that? When Adam and Eve sinned, God didn't draw back from them with all his goodness. It says they hid from the Lord. Sin will cause you to want to hide. Sin will cause you to draw back. That's different than God drawing back. That's you drawing back. That's basically pushing his goodness away because you feel like you're not worthy enough to receive his help. And living in sin will keep you in a place of this with the Lord when he should be like this. So in James 5, so faith in loves means we keep expecting God's promises to show up in our life and we quit looking at our past track record to see if we qualify or not. So in closing, James chapter 5, and let's look at verse 13. You know, this is the kind of message that I'm praying will, will come back to you when something comes your way that's not good. Hopefully you take a breath and remind yourself, God loves me. I do not have to be perfect. He knows I love him. My life is in his hands. I'm going to get through this. God loves me. I'm not going to worry. You know, just not worrying is a big step to getting set free. It puts, just, just refusing to worry. Somebody tell me what worry is. Worry is doubting that God's going to take care of you and come through for you. So what? The mountains are being removed. So what? The earth is shaking. God's still God. He's a great father. He'll take care of me. 
know what David said? Though the earth be removed, though the mountains fall into the sea. We're talking about major catastrophe here. And David going, I'll not be moved. God's going to take care of me. <laughs> now, how many of us would just stand there going, God's going to take care of me. There goes the Grand Mesa. And meteorite flying back there and the ocean waves over here. God will take care of me. And that's pretty good. James 5, verse 13. Is any among you sick or afflicted or suffering? What should you do if you're suffering? Pray. Talk to God about it. Is anyone cheerful? Sing psalms. Is anyone sick? Well, you know, it might not be God's will for you to be healed. No, it's totally his will. He tells you how right here. Let him call for the elders of the church. Can I just say something right here? God points sick Christians to church to get their healing. He's not saying don't go to the doctor. He's not saying don't go to the hospital. He's not saying don't take medicine. He's just saying uh, there is healing in the church, by the way. And if you'd like to get healing that way, you can. I'll go with you to the hospital. I'll work through medicine. I'll work through the doctors or whatever. But there is healing in the church. And, and here's the interesting thing. There is, there's always um, opposition, it seems, to people getting at odds with their church leaders. And one of the main reasons is because of this right here. The devil knows they're going to need help from those leaders someday. And if they're at odds with them, they're probably not going to be in a really good receptive mode from receiving from them when they need healing or deliverance or victory or guidance or whatever. This is something you have to watch out about. You, you, don't, want to be, you, you don't want to be at odds with somebody God's put in your life to help you. And there will be subtle warfare against you in this area. How many of you know that the devil knows scripture? Um, sorry to say, but he knows scripture a lot better than some Christians. And did you know that his attacks upon your life, Christian, are going to be more around scriptures than anything else? Do you know that? He's not going to come with you a temptation to kill someone. He's not going to come with you a temptation to lie. Well, he might. But most Christians are done with lying. He's not going to come against you with temptation to steal. He's going to come to you with the word. He did Jesus. He tried to get him with scripture out of context. Remember that? Yes. that that's another whole seminar. But I'll, I'll, I'll say this. If you want to hear a really life-changing message, listen to Keith Moore, Southwest Believers Convention, Thursday afternoon at 2 o'clock. Um, just all I can say is just major unveiling of some very cunning deceptions of the devil. Very, just like a blanket went off. I mean, I'm a pastor. I've been a pastor for 34 years. And when he began to say things, I've seen bits and pieces of what he taught that afternoon, but not to the degree the Lord showed us Thursday. And I think it's on Facebook. If you go to Facebook, um, 
kcm.org. It'll be the Thursday afternoon, two o'clock, Keith Moore session. Anyway, he gets into a lot of that. But here, let's just finish up here. Here it says that if you're sick, call for the elders of the church. So you might want to protect your divine relationships there in case you ever need healing. And it says uh, the prayer of faith, excuse me, let them anoint, pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed sins, they'll be forgiven him. What's that called? The love of God. Are you kidding me? Here you've got sin in your life and you need healing and you come to church and God says you'll be healed and oh, by the way, I'll forgive your sins too. What's that called? That's called almost too good to be true. But beware lest you think that. It's not too good to be true. Your father loves you and has only good in store. Amen. Let's stand up, church. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab.